0: It's RU Serious Sports. I hope all of you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight, which ironically about an hour ago, uh, former LSU strength coach Tommy Moffat, it is reported by multiple places and ourselves included, uh, will be the next strength and conditioning coach at Texas A&M. Do you know that uh, little cousin that you have, especially guys, like especially you older gentlemen who have, you know, younger cousins, you probably are going to know what I'm talking about here. Especially now around the holidays, you especially know what I'm talking about. You know that little cousin that always um, like looks up to you, wants to be like you, like one Christmas you wear jeans and cowboy boots and the next uh, the next Christmas, he's wearing the same thing. He wants the same thing that you do. Wants to be like you. Well, that's what Texas A&M does to LSU. They try to take LSU offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock. Can't do it. Then go and get Tommy Moffett, who Brian Kelly let go when he was hired at LSU. We'll talk about Tommy Moffett what, what do I think that that means for A&M? What does it mean for LSU? Right? Uh, when a Guy had been here for 20 plus years, over two decades, being a part of three national titles, the best tenure in LSU football's history, we will discuss. Also, not the only thing that we got to hit on tonight, LSU is back at practice. Some good news. I don't know if this means a whole hell of a lot, but looks like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, who were out at practice this week. They they might be going in this bowl game. I don't know if why they would be practicing if they're not attending or expecting to play in the bowl game. Jayden Daniels was not available, as we saw him in multiple places um, during practice. So we'll see the status on Jayden Daniels. I do not expect him to play, nor do I think he should play. But nevertheless... Pretty awesome to see Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas out there practice. We'll discuss some little things. Maybe some guys that for some freshmen that I'm hearing that have gotten better through this year. Maybe some guys we will see in this bowl game uh, as well. We'll talk a little bit of the transfer portal. But speaking of LSU practice, Matt Perkins, who covers Wisconsin, the Believe in Badgers podcast, will be joining us at six thirty to talk some LSU and Wisconsin. What do we expect from Wisconsin? In this bowl game, they got a big addition today. Tyler Van Dyke, the former Miami quarterback, has committed to Wisconsin. So we'll touch on that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to having Matt Perkins on the show to talk a little football because it feels too long, man. Kind of has been a little too long since LSU has teed it up and been on the gridiron. So we'll discuss that. Uh, women's basketball on the court tonight against Magnese which will probably lead me into a Rufino's rants of Will Wade making a mockery of the NCAA investigation being over. I, can, I mean, look, man, you, you still were guilty. You know, You a, a, a simple just shut – and this is Will Wade. And a lot of you want him back because LSU men's basketball is not doing good. I, I don't – I get where you're coming from. A simple I'm sorry would suffice, too. I know people don't like that, but – it is what it is, and as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake. Thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we will get to as many of them throughout the show as we can. Patrick says, "Watch Tylen Singleton early sign today." Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that kid. That kid's gonna be a uh, an absolute freak when he touch campus when he touches LSU's campus. Uh, Jackson Carter says A&M just got better, did they? Did they? I mean, a lot of you wanted Tommy Moffat out when he was let go by, you know, before Brian Kelly, so we'll see. Michael Morris says he's in Shreveport, Louisiana, had to work tonight. Good to have you in here with us, bud. Where are you watching the show from tonight? Are you in the 337-225-504-985-318 or... Are you not inside the state of Louisiana? Where are you watching the show from tonight? We'll get some of those up here as well. Uh, Brian Tanya says, good evening from the 409 Vider or Vitter, Texas. Good to have you in here. Rob Boudreaux says, Tommy Moffat is dead to me. <laughs> I feel you, man. I, I, I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't think it, um, I, I, I don't think that it, is a massive deal. I think Jake Flint and, 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 and his staff are exceptional at what they do. I mean, look, Matt Flint didn't call defensive plays, and we'll talk about that a little bit with Moffitt too. I think some things were a little unfair to him, uh, to him as well. Uh, Andrew says, is Logan Diggs coming back for another year? I would not think so. I haven't been told either way. We'll see. I I know that Logan Diggs kind of puts, you know, beats to his own drum. He doesn't really listen. You know, he's going to do what he wants to do. And good on him, man. And look, running backs have a very short shelf life. He's another guy. I I mean, look, look, I'm looking at it what's best for the player, what's best for the dude. I don't think that he can come back and prove anything. Now, I don't think – I think that LSU is going to have to rely more on the running game from obviously the running backs – and or there's other sources of ways that they can run the football because I obviously I don't think Garrett Nussmeyer is going to but clearly don't think that get y'all hear my y'all hear my baby girl screaming <laughs> I really don't think that um, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to ever bust off an 85 yard run right um, so they're going to have to rely on him. maybe he can improve his draft stock a little bit I don't know. I don't know. We can hear you, Joel. Hey, man.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Shannon just says that she's at the PMAC watching the women's basketball team. Glad to have you in here with us uh, tonight. Humbug says DFW, by the way, of the 985, the Kentwood Kangaroos, Dallas-Fort Worth. Good to have you uh, in here, Humbug. Yeah, man. A lot of Friday nights underneath the water tower out there in Kentwood, Louisiana. Trust me, I played in a couple of them. Mark says the 252 Greenville, North Carolina. Good to have you in here, Mark. Jamie's in the 225 Port Allen in the house. Jamie, what's that good donut place out there in Port Allen? Place is banging right when you get off the interstate right there on the right. That place is banging, man. Holden Holden Lee, 337 Opelousas. Good to have you in here, my man. Good to see you with us um as well crim says yo baby yo (laughs) yo baby yo baby yo man i tell you it made me think of that vanilla ice song for if some of you are my age especially some of you guys that are my age uh the ninja turtle movies that came out in the 90s the like the real life ninja turtle movies uh go ninja go ninja go you know vanilla ice sang that song and made me think of that Speaking of that, they're coming out with a, a Netflix series of Raphael, if you were a Ninja Turtle fan like I was growing up. And you know what's crazy, too? I have a son that's four, and it's funny. Like, some of the things that I watch, Ninja Turtles, are something that he enjoys. Man, you know what's crazy? I get sucked right into Paul's. Uh, I get brought into sitting there watching a, a episode of Ninja Turtles for 30 minutes, not knowing what the heck I'm doing because it's stuff that I watched as a kid. Master Splinter and his whole ass, you know, trying to do something that you know, always trying to deceive the Turtles. Just can't do it. Master Splinter. Got to love him. Chad Selfo says, hearing anything about the defense of coaches moving forward at LSU? No, I am not. Not at the current moment. Now, I, look, I, I say this every episode. I'm going to continue to say it. When we know more, we'll tell you. I I know it's not what you want to hear, right? Like I I know for a fact, it's not what you want to hear. The problem is, is that nothing that I, you know, I'm not going to just come out here and continue to, uh, I'm not going to come out here and just make up shit like other shows have been doing about what's going on in that coaching staff. I'm not going to do that. If you can't find content, that's on you. You know, guys, I promise you, we, we will tell you about it now. We there could be a situation where something happens that morning, rumblings start happening, and then the announcements made, and easily can do it. Follow us on socials would be the best way to go about it. On YouTube, Face—I mean, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter—follow us on the show, socials uh, to keep up with it. Other than that, or go to the message board. I dropped a big recruiting hint. You need to go over there if you're not doing so already. Go to the message board. Ayssnetwork.com slash forum. Dropped in a pretty big pause um, recruiting update uh, tonight, or today, this morning. So it's things that you need to go. If I had a dollar for every time I was asked over the last two weeks about coaching changes, I'd probably have a million dollars. But nevertheless, I I mean, no, not right now. Not right now. I promise you we will discuss it. Now, do I think that there could be a potential situation like we talked about last week with Manhouse being demoted, maybe not fired? Potentially him going back to the NFL at the end of the uh, NFL football season. Yeah, very much could happen. But I, I think that they're going to go break the bank for somebody at the defensive line, whoever that may be, somebody with Louisiana ties, and, and, and we'll go from there. But as of right now, no. Megan, come on. We'll, cut, we'll do something. She's screaming. Jesus. Um. Dane says, good evening, Blake. Stay true to who you are. That's why your show is the best. Thanks. I I do appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not. We're not going to come out here and make shit up. It's just not going to happen. David says, do you think Madhouse is going to be retained? Guys, I've answered this question a thousand times, man. I, I can't, you know, I, I'm not trying to be rude or pompous or an asshole, But, I mean, we've answered it, guys. I mean, I literally just answered it, you know? I I mean, I'm telling you what I think at the current moment. Could it be wrong? Yeah. Could it completely change overnight in the blink of an eye? Yeah. I I, I just – we will let you know. I promise. And here's another – if we wanted to run out here and just do shit for clicks – Right, like if I just wanted to run out here and do shit for clicks, I would I would talk about coaching source. Oh man, I'm hearing this. Oh man, I'm hearing that. Oh man, I'm hearing this, and it would get us clicks. It would get us views. We're not going to come out here and do that. We're not going to do that. So, all right, one more time, one more comment, then we'll get rolling. <laughs> Rob says we don't mind about uh, the kids coming in. Yeah, I know. It's just I can't think when she's screaming. Hey, dude. I, my, did, it's completely different having a boy and a girl. I tell you that. Uh, Andrew Martin says. Paul Hub says Moffitt is going to Aguilan to begin his assignment as a double agent. Boy, w- wouldn't you? Wouldn't you wish? Wouldn't you wish? Conrad says Blake. I didn't realize JD Five played with Johnny Wilson, Rashad White, Ricky Pearsall. Man, Her- Herman uh, Herm recruited well. Well, not only that. Um, they had Brandon Ayuk, who's with San Fran, and they had two offensive linemen that were in the, or that are in the league. So, uh, yeah, Herm recruited well. It just he couldn't sustain, right? He could he couldn't sustain anything, and he could, he's a defensive guy. He gave Jaden zero help. I, I mean, look, he had a good year, but after that, Herm was complete Dookie water. You know, the the, the big splash of hiring a guy like Herm Edwards got some guys in that door. Couldn't sustain, and they went to straight trash. And I like Herm. I like Herm Edwards a lot. Okay, but the problem with Herm is is that he let guys like Travez Moore, who got processed at LSU and was told to move on because he's not any good, who talked about my family viciously, my my dad, um, go to Arizona State and it was a you know was a locker room cancer. So no. So no. Patrick says Dookie Water with three crying face emojis. I mean, it was Dookie Water. It is Dookie Water. I mean, I I mean it, it, it just it just is. All right. Tommy Maffeday and then we lead off with that. Uh, Matt Perkins in about 15 minutes will go and uh go up to Wisconsin. Believe in Badgers, Matt Perkins. Uh looking forward to that. Get a little preview of the Badgers. Gonna be a fun show, man. Gonna be a fun show. I've learned from my mistakes on trying to do a live show during women's basketball. That's why we are live at six. Let's talk about a good friend, good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Our good friend Tyler Alexander, the best realtor in the state of Louisiana. E L P T Realty. Uh, obviously, the jingle. You know we love the jingle around here. Before we do that, everybody do us a favor: hit the like and share. Should all those social media groups? Should all of those social media pages? I am overjoyed by one thing. I, I, I asked you guys over the last couple of weeks if y'all could do us a favor and go over to Apple Podcast. if you have an iPhone. Uh, go over there if you don't mind. If you haven't done so already, give us a five-star rating, five-star review. Every time that, you know, something happens where some Rudy poos, you know, like seven dudes in a week give us one-star ratings, I know who you are. You know that I know. We have mutual friends. You've been reached out to. You won't call me. Yes, they're in media. You get your little cronies to give us one-star reviews. All right, man. It's not my fault we were rated in the number one audio podcast for LSU Sports. Do us a favor. If you haven't done so already, please go over there and give us a five-star review. You can hit that subscribe button. Hit the little notification bell. All of this is free. I'm not asking you for anything. Just, if you don't mind, do us a favor. It helps us so much. Grow the show and continue to expand. Thank you so much for doing so. Also, like, subscribe, notification bell on YouTube as well. We appreciate you doing that. Talk about our good friends at Ben Online. Tommy Moffat. LSU's back at practice. Malink neighbors, Ryan Thomas. Are they playing in the bowl game? We talk about that next. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man. He's here for you.
1: Wanna buy or sell well, it's not too late. Down nine five five zero 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 eight. Just call nine five five zero zero zero
0: eight
1: Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. We're back
0: That we are, and let's see if Texas can be. They are in the 14 playoff. At some point on this show, I will talk about the playoff myself. We do it on Rafino and Joe's show on Sunday, Monday, and Wednesdays. We have all the clips up there on our YouTube channel. You can go over there, too, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Because look, man, the comments get live up up in there on Rafino and Joe Show. You LSU fans need to go over there, get in the comments, defend your boy, defend LSU. There are constantly people. We put a video up there about Jane Daniels. They're attacking Jane Daniels. You need to go. You need to go make the wall and say we LSU stands here. You will not talk about JD. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of a wall. Tommy Moffitt is going to be hired, or it was already announced by Texas AM that he will be the next strength and conditioning coach at Texas AM. That being said, obviously a lot of you LSU fans know who Tommy Moffitt is. Was the director of football, strength and conditioning, head of strength and conditioning for LSU football for over 20 years. Won three national titles at LSU. Went through three, I think maybe even four coaches. I I can't really remember off the top of my head. Was here with Saban, was here with Les, was here with Ed. Then when Brian Kelly came in, uh, Tommy Moffat was relieved of his duties as a strength and conditioning coordinator at LSU. Look, man, do I – I think two things can be true at once. Do I like – do I – not even like. Do I love Tommy Moffat? Yeah, man, I do. He's always been great to me. He's always – You know, never said anything bad to us. He's been open if ever asked a question. Great dude, man. Great dude. The way that, and look, strength and conditioning coaches mold your team more than anybody. They are with your football team literally more than anybody. Night and day with the team. See them more than the coaches. See them more than, I mean, look, they have to have a pulse on the entire team from the punter, the walk on punter, okay? to the Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback, guys like Jaden Daniels. They have to have the pulse on everything. But when I say two things can be true at once, I fully believe that. I don't blame Tommy Moffitt for Ed Orgeron's mistakes. I don't. The same way that I did not blame Tommy Moffat at the end of the Les Miles era for Les's mistakes. There were so many bigger issues in 2020 and 2021 more than LSU, quote-unquote, being pu- pu- pushed around or not being in shape, injuries, things like that, where I don't necessarily disagree, right? Like, I don't disagree that I think that Tommy, at the end of the tenure at LSU, thinks it somewhat run its course a little bit. It, I mean, it kind of had. And over two decades long, long of service at LSU, yeah, I, I mean, thank you so much for everything that you've done, but... I still think he's a good strength coach. I think that he can go to AM and do some good things. I don't know necessarily if that's going to work out for him or if that's going to work out for the staff. We'll have to sit here and find out. But I, I mean, I'm just not going to be the dude that comes out here and blames Tommy Moffat for all of Ed Orgeron's sins. Look, man, here's the truth. And there's one game really t- more more than one game, but one game that stands out, like when people, because a lot of people were in the chat and in the comments and sending me text messages just saying, well, he, he's overrated, he's done. He, he's not good anymore. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what makes you think that? And they give any kind of explanation, regardless of what the explanation is. And I would say to myself, what's well, crazy how you hold a national championship contending team in Alabama to 20 points when your offense was dong, you weren't any good offensively. Jake Peets was calling plays, but Durante Jones, look, you were able still to run the football. You were physical up front. You played really good defense. You did some good things. Don't let it don't don't let what Ed Orgeron did, wanting to play bump and run, man to man coverage on the outside, do it, uh, or just put you over the edge that Tommy wasn't a good dude or a good coach. I think that it was a lot of scheme when it came to what happened against UCLA a couple years ago. But the problem with that is, and here's the downfall of the Tommy Moffat era. Look, man, guys weren't ready to play. They weren't ready to go. It had just run its course. I think that you know and I know. Now, you could say defensively you can't really see it from this season. But look how much look how good this team was last year in the fourth quarter and really how good they were at times this year in the fourth quarter. This team was really well conditioned. I think Jake Flint and his staff has done a really damn good job at LSU. I wish Tommy success. I wish him good fortune, except for one game a year. Good on you, bud. But the uphill battle that he may have versus leaving and not being in a place like LSU, I think could be monumental. I think could be massive. So we'll see uh, about that. I don't know how you feel. I just feel that it's a, yeah, okay. It's like an okay, whatever. Not the only LSU football-related news, I guess we could say that we had today, though. Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., back on the field, LSU started practice this week. There's a couple things that we saw in a clip from LSU today. Ricky Collins making a really good pass to Shelton Sampson, two freshmen connecting the back of the end zone, beating Javian Toviano, who clearly was going to star for you in the bowl game versus Wisconsin. You love seeing that. I think the biggest news that comes from anything that LSU posted, really two massive things, pause, but would be Jane Daniels not being in the video, and if he was at practice, He's the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They would have shown him in a video. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. But I think the biggest news in all of this is really actually, I could add three things. Number one, Matt House was coaching inside linebackers. There was a report that some, I don't even want to say report, but just a rumor that Bob Diaco would be coaching inside linebackers and Matt House would not be. Maybe that is something, but he is still here coaching. But the biggest news is obviously that Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas were at practice this week, which would indicate that they would possibly go in a game. Look, I mean, if you're going to go to practice and you're going to subject yourself to possibly get, getting hurt in practice, it's one thing in getting hurt in a game. It's something completely different if you get, you know, you twist your knee, twist your ankle, or do something awful at practice. I hope that they do play. Do I think that either one of them should? No. Do I want them to? Yes. That's where I sit on this. But I do think that it gives a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer, if he were to start, some very not even good weapons, not even in Malik Neighbors' case, great weapons, can give him the confidence going into next year. And... You have a proven commodity, two proven commodities on the outside that he can get the ball to. Still gonna have to work in some of these younger dudes. And let's see if they do. Cause I think if Malik Neighbors gets that twenty two yards and breaks the all time LSU record in receiving yards, I don't know if I wouldn't take him out. Maybe give him a couple plays here and there, let him do some things. Let's go have some fun. Look, man, this bowl game's gotta be fun. You want 10 wins, I want 10 wins. Starting the Brian Kelly era era, with him being 20-7 and at his time so far would not be a bad way to start. I will tell you that if you would have told me that Brian Kelly would have 20 wins through two seasons at LSU, I would probably say, okay, so you beat all the teams you weren't supposed to. Are you – yeah, you you beat you, you lost to all the teams you weren't supposed to, excuse me, but you beat all the teams you were supposed to beat. Beat Missouri. You were a favorite there. Lost, got upset by Ole Miss, but lost to Alabama this year. Lost to Florida State in a game that you probably, maybe you should have won, but in, in all retrospect, you shouldn't have won. I kind of would have taken it. Now, do you got to get to that next step? Does LSU have to get to that next step? Yeah, and look, these bowl practices, a lot of people think are meaningless. They're not meaningless. There are 15 extra practices that you can go out there and dominate and do some really good shit. And quite honestly, man, something that you need because the Brian Kelly era for me, doesn't really start until Jane Daniels is a quote-unquote officially out the door. I would be remiss to say that Brian Kelly obviously has probably talked to Jane Daniels more than any of us in reference to playing in the bowl game. I don't think he's going to play, nor do I think he should. That's going to be a top 10 pick. He's got everything to risk, and quite honestly, the truth is he's got nothing to gain. Not a goddamn thing to gain by playing in that bowl game, other than making you feel that you should be to ten wins, a lot of you wanted Garrett Nussmeyer a lot in twenty twenty two. Well, now you get your your chance to see the man go out there and do it. You wanted him to start. Well, here he comes. Pauls. Here he will be. I want Malik to get that record. I want him to go off against Wisconsin and stay healthy. The same for Brian Thomas. A- and look, in a- in a place where I do think that you can get some yards on Wisconsin, I do think that you, with a guy like Nussmeier, can push the ball down the field. Okay? the What should have been Bolitnikoff winner, oh, what a- Marvin Harrison's a better prospect. I don't give a shit if what he is. Like, I, I could give two shits. The guy that should have won a B- the Bolitnikoff award could potentially be playing in this game against Wisconsin. The other part of that would being true freshmen being on the outside that you have not seen play. You want it, It's a big deal that we've seen those two guys in here. Didn't see Logan Diggs, the running back. Don't think that that's a big miss. I think you've got horses in that stable, in that running back room to get you there. All that to say, man, I'm excited for this game. I think the next page of this Uh, BK era has kind of somewhat started to officially turn the page. Again, Saturday night, I don't have anything to hold. Saturday night when Jane Daniels was holding up that Heisman Trophy, the page turned. So, all that to say, I'm excited for being at at these practices. 15 of them. It's a lot, man. I mean, guys, that's half of this month. Half of this month, they're going to be preparing for Wisconsin. Or as T-Pain would say, Wisconsin. All right. What's that, guys? All right. We got Matt Perkins in the building. Let's get to him. Let's get to him. Let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Our good friend Carol Foss over at Safe Farm. Steve Bean over at Bayou Daiquiri's and Bayou Boldigo. We talk a little LSU, Wisconsin. Next. Did y'all hear me? Next. <laughs> By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Ruffino with AYS. Sent you on by. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300. 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor... State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. Bayou Daiquiri's at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive through is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive through daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914, 985-888-1914, because you know what? Daiquires and crawfish, it's a Louisiana thing. <laughs> Matt Perkins, Believe in Badgers, covers Wisconsin, and, and Matt, remind me, you you also do the Believe in Vandy show, correct? You cover the 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 Vandy Vol or Vandy,
1: Vandy Vols, I shouldn't say that.
0: Vandy Commodores, excuse me.
1: Uh, I used to be on the Vandy beat. That is correct. Uh, no longer. Uh, you know, my wife's a Vandy alum. Uh, we're Vandy season ticket holders, but dude, it just got too depressing. Like, it was literally <laughs> like, it was taking away from my mental health so much to have to follow that team on a day in and day out basis. That after the first Clark Lee season, I was like, I'm out. I'm just. I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah, this is, right. it's, it's just not health. It's not healthy for me um and so i you know and i was also by that time i was really full-time on the wisconsin beat also uh, editor-in-chief over at mike sports.com right. contributing for badger blitz uh, rivals network and uh hosting a legal motion college football podcast with our friend cory burton yeah so i just I, I couldn't do it man i couldn't do it anymore well, i
0: I, f- I feel you there but i remember the last time we had talked you were on the beat and you were like dude i don't want to be here you know, yeah. it's like uh, Magic. I'm not anymore. Right. It's like, do you remember when Magic got, left the uh, Lakers? I won't be here. <laughs> you know, so so good. But glad to have you on here, man, because obviously LSU and Wisconsin, as T-Pain would say, yeah, face I mean. off. And look, the last time that these two teams played kind of got a little chippy, which led to the Les Miles being fired, Ed Orzron being hired. Uh, kind of the – that's what the last memory of LSU fans with Wisconsin – I, when this was announced i guess what were your earlier thoughts of, uh, of this game and this bowl game with uh, going to relight quest
1: okay so first of all super selfishly i live in nashville obviously i'm a wisconsin guy but i live in nashville every single projection had them going to the music city bowl and i had i already had a, a live show <laughs> set up with guests who were going to be going to the bowl game no matter what so honestly i was devastated i was completely I bet. devastated i was ready for the Music City Bowl against Texas A&M or Auburn and now they have to go play the artist formerly known as the Outback Bowl bowl. right and a I can't travel I'm not traveling to Tampa I'm sorry my, (laughs) my all for all my friends who are in uh who live in the state of Florida but I'm not traveling to Tampa you know especially no that's not happening and you know the Badgers have been to that bowl game so many freaking times. Right. Like in my twenty-five years of Dumb, give or take, I feel I think they've been to that bowl game five times, and it's you know it, it it's always the Outback Bowl. So I, I'm honestly like I was really bummed. I was really bummed. You know I I'm excited to see. You know, especially if Jane Daniels is going to play, like I I like that. I love that receiver room with Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors. Like I want to watch those guys, especially against uh, Ricardo Hallman, who today was named a third team All American. Right uh, at at corner, I'm really excited to see him uh, take on Malik Neighbors, who I think he's going to be basically matched up with assuming that neighbors plays or Brian Thomas or who was ever playing for them because he's been a stud corner. He's done a really, really good job. One of the few bright spots on what was, you know, obviously built up as a really huge season for the Badgers and seven and five feels pretty flat for a lot of Wisconsin fans. And that's understandable. So look, I, I thought that,
0: Wisconsin managed pretty well after the Mordecai news, him going down, you have a young guy coming in, and look, battled Ohio State to the very end. And, and to be real with you, I, I and, and, and Matt, for me, and maybe you have a different thought on this, I had not watched a lot of Wisconsin football until then. And until that game, I'm like, you know what, man? They might be losing. But you could tell Ryan Day doesn't want to be here. And it kind of – they fought the entire year – Am I wrong in saying that this team, like, hey, I LSU, you had a good year. It's nine and three. Look, if you don't buckle your chin strap, Wisconsin's coming to pop you in the mouth. Like, that's the vibe that I get in watching film. That's the vibe that I get now and going back and watching an Ohio State game. Am I right there? Is that is that would that be a good pulse of what the first year's been under the new regime at Wisconsin?
1: I would say you've got like I'd say you're probably like eighty percent of the way there. Um, I think that there is naturally when you have a new regime take over, especially over for one that, you know, they fired an alumni. They didn't hire Jim Leonard, who everyone was expecting them to hire, who is obviously a legend in the program in the state of Wisconsin. Had, I think, five other coaches who were Badger alumni, all jettisoned. There were more divisions in the locker room than people wanted to let on. There's a lot of loyalty to Jim Leonard, especially, completely understandably. You know, he'd obviously been one of the best coordinators in the country for half a decade. Uh, you know, his story is unique. Guys really bond with him. And right. so for him not to be there, I think there were a lot of guys who didn't necessarily trust the transition to the three-three-five, And we saw some of the uh, some of the issues that had when, you know, they would get bullied a little bit up front. I think they got a lot better in the second half of the season. Right. But if you go back and watch the Washington State game, they, the, you know, they got annihilated. Mm. And that was one of the issues. A lot of offensive line issues. The offensive line as a unit has pretty much steadily gone hills downhill since 2019. And I, you know, I said during the season, this is probably the worst offensive line unit uh, in terms of five-man units. It's six guys who really rotate in. That's been around in a quarter century. And oh, wow. what I, I, I got to shout out my podcast co-host, Matt Bernstein, the Hebrew hammer. Uh, <laughs> his line is that the Badgers started five right tackles this year. And like, I couldn't agree more. And so hmm. go moving from, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, which is everything that they had seen for the last 30 years to Phil Longo air raid. Even if you're running the ball, it's always coming out of a shotgun. It was there. Were there were so many offensive line issues that really just sort of short circuited the offense from ever really getting into a rhythm until Tana Mordecai opened it up a little bit more with his legs mm-hmm. and things like that. He found, he found he found a wide receiver one in Will Pauling, uh, the slot guy, but it, it definitely took a minute and took a lot longer to get everyone on the same page. So right. I think that. A team plays hard. I think the defense got vastly, vastly improved, especially um, you know in in the back eight, effectively of this defense because they only three down linemen. Um, but I, I still worry about going up against LSU. The the defensive line has left something you know has has definitely left some room for improvement, as has the offensive line. And that's when you're Wisconsin, that's a real problem because that's sort of been the bread and butter is you know offensive line running game and then you know strong defensive play especially in the front seven they just really didn't have that this year i mean their best right. defensive players are defensive backs this is very strange hunter Waller, the safety and ricardo hallman who i mentioned a minute ago 13 all american at corner like those are really the only two defensive standouts they had this year
0: well you know it's interesting that you bring it up because it was the second question i had you know on our little handy dandy you know sheet here them being 26 and passing yards allowed Okay, what they did or were able to do in the secondary, and like you mentioned, if Malik goes, if Brian Thomas Jr. goes, dude, you're talking about two All Americans going at it, right? And so I think that that, you know now I'm I you know Malik needs 22 yards to break the all-time LSU record in receiving yards. Maybe he does go, but let's not mistake that this is going to be that would be a hell of an NFL battle that we would see on the field, which which feels a little crazy. I want to circle back to one thing that you said is that your co-host had said that you started uh, five right tackles this year. Yep. The question I would have is LSU defensively was really bad in the front seven. Okay, like hoarsely bad. Who wins that? I mean, were they so bad that you think LSU can do something or were they just kind of just out of position? Maybe they can figure some things out against a a very struggling LSU defense.
1: I mean, Indiana and Northwestern are doing stuff. So, you know, it's... I, can't Ellis... Yeah, I mean, Ellis' talent is there. I mean, like, you look at Mason Smith, you look, you know, you look at those guys. Like, those those dudes should be able to push them around. It's going to be a little interesting to see. There, There's rumors afoot that two of the starters may still enter the portal, may declare for the draft this year. That's a little bit up in the air at the moment. But assuming that the starting five is still intact... Uh, for the bowl game i still think that they're going to get beat up a little bit the actual the biggest issue this might be i hope this isn't too like in the weeds for you it Um, won't be for this show i promise you okay the issue that this team has had is snapping the ball in the shotgun uh tanner bordellini who is a genuinely wonderful human being who i got to meet this summer hang out with at squad fest bernie and i were there it was an amazing event tanner bordellini is a guard masquerading as the center and his snaps are lollipops, getting back to Mortimer, whoever the quarterback is. And because if you go and you watch any offense that has that that's running out of the shotgun all the time, the you know, the ball is snapped back at a decent pace. And it mm-hmm. takes a quarter of a second to get. Let's say it takes a quarter of a second to get to the quarterback. Right. His snaps are taking three quarters of a second to a full second to get to the quarterback. And the timing is so off because of that, because you think about it, right? You're in practice. When you're taking a snap seven on seven, the coach is tossing you that ball really quick, right? And it's come, and so your timing is off by half a second. And this is why, this is my personal theory. The timing of the snaps is the reason why this offense can't get in sync and in gear when it comes to game day because the it's just been way too inconsistent. They brought Jake Renfro in from Cincinnati to play center who had been an All-American center at Cincinnati. He was injured out all year. Even though you know he was questionable every week.
0: Yeah, and year. LSU was highly after Renfro too. Like mm-hmm. it was a Wisconsin LSU battle. I remember that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that was that was an issue. I I believe that if he had been healthy and he had been able to play, Bordellini then is able to play his natural position of right guard, and you have actually a very different offensive line and a very different you know that could have been more productive. But Bort really struggled with the snaps. He got better as the season went on, but it genuinely wasn't until like week nine week 10 like really in the, the nebraska game is really when i started to notice it getting a lot better but by then you know that's the 11th game of the season oh, yeah. and you know you're five and five in, the, in that game you're six and five but it's it's just, it's not enough and so that was one of the i think that was one of the more persistent issues that had huge ripple effects for the entire offense
0: makes sense because you're kind of just setting me up it's like you've done this before because my next question was look the the locky Lockheed, right, right locky lock Lock. Lock, yeah okay lock Lock, the lock kid and watch him me and the team watching him today the biggest thing that we walked away from guys where's the all right there it is so the 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 number three thing we walked away from is like, dude, if this guy gets a little bit more accurate, he's there with his decision-making mm-hmm. because he's he he's five touchdowns, one interception ratio. And I'm like, but damn, he's, he's only connecting on 50% of his passes, right? Like, I mean, it was so wild that you could be that process-oriented and you're that inaccurate. I'm like, that doesn't really work well. Those kind of quarterbacks that process mentally are usually really accurate on timing – so that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that that lock? I mean, to me, at least today, I'm like, man, this kid can throw – like, he knows what he's seeing and getting it there. Something's just off. Do you think it's just like you mentioned, just that timing? Do you – have you liked what you've seen from him, the quarterback? Yes,
1: if you go back – and so if you go back to the spring game and in the spring game, Tana Mordecai looked awful – and Braden Locke absolutely ripped apart the first-team defense. Three touchdowns, no picks. Like, looked genuinely incredible in the spring game um, as the as QB2, which was a big surprise, right? He had been brought in uh, after his first year. He transferred out from Mississippi State. And they would also brought in Nick Evers, who was a really right. value-hooed prospect um, from, I think, Flower Mound, Texas. Ended up, was at Oklahoma, transferred out after a year. And lock had clearly picked up the offense so fast but then when it got to when it got to game speed in you know in madison when he was starting games right he's starting against illinois he's started he's starting against ohio state indiana those kind of games like it seemed like things were just going a little bit too fast like there were things were mm-hmm. just going a little bit too fast and you saw this there was uh, on a key on a key fourth and two against northwestern that could have uh, won the won the game for him, at least made give putting them in position to tie or win the game fourth and 2 there's a uh, Will Pauling receiver is wide open in the flat and I mean no one within 10 yards of him mm. sails it right over his head and it's like this is some of the more basic stuff that you expected him to get in his third or fourth start in being in this system for his entire life so that was that was a little bit interesting it's also I think pretty indicative that the Badgers brought just uh, announced. You know, Tyler Van Dyke has signed. Uh, yeah. you know, a couple hours ago, and so you know, people, some people thought, okay, it was going to be Locke's job. Like, you know, pretty much no matter what. Nope, it's it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke. It's I know Tyler Van Dyke is going to be QB one for the spring. But for this game, Mordecai's going to play. So, but I do think we'll see a little bit of um, of Locke as well, especially if things turn out like I imagine they they will. And LSU was up big in the second half.
0: Do you think? Oh, okay. We'll get. Well, I'm gonna circle back to that because I, I let, me, let me tell you something, man. I'm as nervous as a long-tailed cat sitting next to a rocking chair. Do you think Locke hits the portal then?
1: No. Okay. His little brother's coming next year. His little brother is. So you're gonna have
0: Wisconsin going to have three dudes that's got significant snaps in college at, at the quarterback position.
1: That's next, not, uh, next year they'll have two. They'll have Van Dyke and Locke. Because Mordecai's will have graduated. Avers oh I yeah. haven't really seen any college action yet and then they've got uh Mabry Matoyer coming in as a true freshman who's a four-star um who's one of the more notable quarterback recruits badges they've gotten a long time big kid like 6'6 230 like you know Trevor Trevor Lawrence light got the same hair as well so that's going to be really interesting to watch in the future the Van Dyke thing though
0: yeah let's talk about that what do you think about a, him committing I, today? I, I
1: think it's really interesting because I my assumption was in you know in the limited conversations I've had with people in the program, some coaches that I was really expecting them to go for more of a Daquan Finn, someone who has a dual dual threat. And mm-hmm. because we saw the offense open up when Mordecai really started to use his legs, Locke's not a runner. He's just not a runner, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I, I think the world of Locke in a lot of ways, um, I-, I think he's incredibly intelligent. I think he processes super well, like you mentioned, but he doesn't have the, the physical traits. Mm-hmm. Tyler Van Dyke has those physical traits. And he, but he's been in so many different offenses under so many different coordinators that, you know, I, I worry that his wires have been crossed a little bit at some right. points. That being said, his best year came under Rhett Lashley. The system that Lashley and Longo run are much more similar to anything that Tyler Van Dyke ran in the last couple seasons. Right. Um. Is you know in the Cristobal in the Cristobal era because we know what Mario Cristobal wants to do. Mario Cristobal is a caveman. He literally just wants to take and like take a rock and just smash you all day, and I don't think that's what Van Dyke does well. I think Van Dyke, when you ha- when he has a second to be back there, process, get it out, he can make those deep outs. He can make those deeper throws.
0: We saw it against A man.
1: I know, and so I, I like the pickup in a lot of ways. I-, I will be more bullish on it once I see the offensive line show that they can actually be in sync and protect.
0: Yeah, and, and look, it's like two step forwards, one, one step back with Van Dyke a lot of times. Sometimes two steps forward, three steps back, you know. And so he's been so hot and cold, but like Rhett's offense played in it, okay, when he, you know, been a part of it personally, okay, it's not that difficult to learn, you know. Like nope. it, it's the same air raid type principles, okay, with a little bit longer name, all right. Yep. So it's basically that same thing. Uh, as well matt parkins joining us believe in badgers uh also um uh give me the mike farrell thing my, Our, our guy um, Far- mike,
1: farrell, mike farrellsports.com i'm the editor-in-chief over there thank so, you. uh <laughs> yeah we're, uh, we're we're doing some we're doing some really good stuff but not a lot of really interesting content these days mike is just a machine always has been always will you guys be. are
0: killing it in the portal dude like all y'all's portal news it's insane like thank how yeah. how much are you refreshing the portal
1: um, the, it's basically just like a ju- direct IV into my, <laughs> at all times. Like I have like, I, I'm basically like, like, I'm, I'm like matrix style in the portal at, at this point like <laughs> at, into my body.
0: I'm going to start calling you Keanu Reeves. Uh, let me ask you this. What grade would you give fickle in the staff this year? Uh,
1: I give him a B. I think that's fair. I, I give him a B. I think that expectations were built. Like we're really high for a lot of reasons. Fickle's been one of the most coveted coaches for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to come out of a, a Group of Five school, um, you know they they brought in Phil Longo, Ballyhooed offensive coordinator, who's done wonders with Sam Howell and Drake May and Mac Corral and all these other guys. Uh, they bring in a ton of transfers, especially the wide receiver position, the defensive back positions. Um, you know, there's a lot of positive buzz there. It's been a lot of very like proactive social media. You see, the social media department has gotten you know much more engaged there's been a doubling down from especially the athletic director chris mcintosh former badger offensive tackle um who was on those rose bowl teams of the late 90s right and there's been a very concerted effort to build a lot of goodwill because they knew there were going to be a lot of people who didn't love the fact that they they really stepped out of the of the wisconsin way that has mm. been if evidence since Barry Alvarez stepped on campus uh, in 1990 and it is it's a big fundamental shift so there was a lot of things that they want to get out there they've been really great about the media I will say like this new staff is much more media friendly which of course led to more you know more higher interviewed from fickle. the media y'all interviewed yeah.
0: fickle a while back correct
1: yeah we've had we've had fickle and we've had every off- we've had every assistant coach
0: isn't um, that just great so. when coaches allow you to talk to coordinators and position coaches? Like, isn't that great just to pick their brain?
1: It, it, it's fantastic. And I, I will give a shout-out to Brady Collins, the uh, strength and conditioning coach. He was He's the one who kind of got the ball rolling, came by – he loved, he was, he joined us on the show. I, I mean, you've had strength, you've had strength and conditioning guys on the show before, mm. you know, they don't shut up and they tell the best stories. They do. And so we they we're do. supposed to have him, we're supposed to have him for 25 minutes and we ended up going an hour 45. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude. so after, after that, I knew we were in good shape, but yeah, I mean, we have, we had Longo, Mike Tressel, Coach Fick, Coach Vic in person. I, I'm really proud of that. Uh, I'm really proud of that interview. We went down to Squat Fest in Madison, Uh, you know, got Coach Fick in person and, got him for about 35 minutes, uh, just, just the three of us and like fully live, everything. It was awesome. And like, and so I think that's why there was so much expectations coming into the season. Oh, you know, Tanner Mordecai's come in. He put up 72 touchdowns in the past two seasons mm-hmm. at SMU what's going to happen. Well, you know, it, it didn't really click, click, you know, Braylon Allen, you know, all American talent at running back, but, um, you know, he just wasn't a natural fit. He's, he's Derek Henry, trying to play a position that is tailor-made for Mm. you know a completely different skill set right right and so like Chez Malusi who actually was the more productive back was the better player early in the year he gets hurt out for the season and I think that sort of that did not help at all because he was a much more explosive guy was someone who could get to the edge quicker you know Braylon once he gets ahead of steam you don't want to tackle him but it takes him a second to get that head of steam whereas Chez was accelerating super fast, and so I think that's why it's really interesting to see. Braylon's not going to play in the bowl game; um, he's declared for the draft and is and is leaving. They've got three freshman running backs coming in next year, all of them four-star guys who are all going to compete for a lot of playing time next year. Um, so, I, but so but because of that, the backs that you're going to see in this game uh, for Wisconsin are Jackson Aker, who is a uh, who was a fullback uh, before this year. You're going to see Cade Giacomelli, who came in as an athlete. This is his, I, I guess it's his first real season playing running back. Um, yeah, I guess second season playing running back. But, you know, again, he was a high school athlete. Like, you know, one of those kids, you know, played quarterback for his high school because he was the best athlete, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then who knows? Like a couple of walk-ons. And so it is a very, very thin running back room at the moment. And, you know, it's gonna that's going to be tough without Braylon Allen to get anything going that way. They're going to have to rely on the pass game. Jim Dk, team captain and uh, nominal wide receiver, one has decided to hit the portal for as a grad transfer, so he's not playing in the game. Scholar Bell, who received I think the third most snaps at wide receiver, not playing in the game. So it's going to be, especially as it comes down to skill position players for the Badgers, it's going to be a, a bit of an uphill battle, and that even goes back to the fact that entering the season, the week before fall camp started. Their top two tight ends both retired from football, right? And so, I mean, like they are starting a true, basically a true freshman who was one of the kids that had an offer from Colorado. Well, sorry, was committed to Colorado, and Dion cast aside said, "No, I don't want you." You know, in in Colorado, and you know, the kid ends up actually being really good. You know, uh, freshman all Big Ten, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's been a really, on roster wise, it's been a really really interesting year to see sort of not just the turnover guys having to try new positions and stuff like that, new schemes. And so I think we, I think everyone in and around the program underestimated just how much of a lift it was going to be in order to get that roster up to speed and to completely new schemes. And they had been running for the past 30 years.
0: Last question. I'll get you out of here. I've been asking every guest, you know uh, because Joe DeLeon and myself on uh, Rafino and Joe show yell at each other the whole time. So, I'm just getting everybody's thoughts. Your thoughts on the playoffs and the four teams. Yeah, you can throw Florida State in there, but what do you think is going to happen in this year's playoff?
1: What's the – okay, so my, my – Yeah, yeah. Kids, Bama, Mich- Bama what, Michigan, what,
0: what, and what, Washington, Texas.
1: So, what, what's the purpose of the playoff? Is the playoff to get the four most deserving teams, or is it to get the four best teams on paper? What do you, think? What, what, what do you think, think? In my perfect world, it's the four most deserving teams. What does Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game. And as much as Herm has a bunch of warts, he ain't wrong on this one. And Florida State won all their games. And when you're going to reward – when 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 they when, when Liberty gets the group of five at-large bid and the reasoning behind it is they just kept winning despite playing the 133rd ranked strength of schedule this year. Right. And they get the reward over an SMU team who played a way tougher schedule, has way better metrics on paper. You know, once you factor in strength of schedule – and that sort of stuff well they're talking out of both sides of their mouth
0: i so agree person, with that
1: personally i i would have had florida state end. and but that is because like to me like what matters it matters more what you put on the field than what you have on paper mm-hmm. so honestly to me like i think florida state was one of the four most deserving teams were they one of the are they one of the four best teams as constituted right now probably not but i also wouldn't put it past that defense to shut down anyone because between Jared Verse, uh, who's big number fifty-five, plays defensive. Uh, Braden Fisk the transfer. Braden Fisk. Yeah. I mean, they've got dudes. Like they've got dudes on that defense, and so I, in my heart, I want, I want Washington to win it all. I want Washington to win it all so badly. Okay. Um, I'm mad that uh, my dream national title matchup from those four teams would have been Washington, Texas. That's actually the game I would have wanted to see most um the alamo
0: I, bowl last year too by the way we yes, got a preview exactly. last year yeah
1: exactly um but you know what i i, I think alabama's gonna win it all i do, too. I, really do. I I do just, too I just don't it's it's gonna happen and we're all gonna be sad and we're all gonna be <laughs> sad and this is all very preventable this was very pre- we could have been gar- the committee could have guaranteed guaranteed a new winner mm-hmm. under but what do they do no, they got to put in Alabama. So I, I personally disagree with it. I, I would have had Michigan 1, Washington 2, Florida State 3, and Texas 4. But Because those were, I thought, the four most deserving teams.
0: You know, so, you know, Matt, the, before I get you out of here, just making this statement, we were talking about this. You brought up Liberty, okay, which made me think of talking about this again. Let's just say, for argument's sake, Alabama beats Georgia next year in the SEC title game and Georgia's number five and they got to play number 12, Liberty. Good luck.
1: Oh, I mean, that would that would be a joke. It, be and a so, conclusion. you
0: know, even Tulane, right? Like, so I know the people here in Louisiana don't like me saying this. Tulane's getting their asses kicked. All right? Like, they're going to get their teeth kicked in. I've seen that team – probably nine times this year, all right, watching them play, they're going to get their teeth kicked in. So you yep. want these group of fives in there, sounds good. But all I'm going to say is it's one thing of a 13-0 and ACC champion getting in versus Tulane or Liberty. So
1: <laughs> good and, and, luck. And this, ain't, this ain't a Lincoln-Riley defense they're going against like like last year. They, right. They, I'm sorry, Georgia's a real team. Like they're, they're not, they're not, they're not USC. They're not, they're not a joke. Team. Right. Don't ha- say that just Bo- because I went to UCLA for grad
0: school. Well, Boise state ruined everything when they did that damn statue of Liberty. Okay. And everybody thinks Goliath is just going to always fall. It's not <laughs> Goliath is too big at Georgia right now for a team like Liberty. Nevertheless, Matt, tell everybody where they can catch your stuff. I know a lot of LSU fans have been asking you guys over Believe in Badgers, but tell everybody where they can catch it, where they can get and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I believe in Badgers. Uh, check out our YouTube. Uh, our, our YouTube. Uh, check us out anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, all that, Apple Podcasts, all those good things. Um, you know, we are. We're going. To, we got. We're twice a week, every week. Um, we got this week's a bit of an interesting week. We had uh, think of the president of Four Tops who does uh, in-stadium uh, renovations and seating, they just had a big renovation at Camp Randall. Had him oh. to come on and talk about that. Uh, we, we actually got a women's volleyball show coming up tomorrow because Wisconsin's in the final four. So uh, we, okay. we got a shout out to our ladies who are trying to reclaim the national title. They were champs in 2021 lost it last year. Got to get it back this year. So we're talking, we've got a former volleyball player coming on with us. we got a bunch more bull stuff coming. We got, uh, so yeah, YouTube, uh, YouTube, any podcast feed, uh, you know, we're on Twitter at Believe in Badgers, B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. I'm at underscore perco underscore. Too many underscores in my name. <laughs> um, uh, MikeFarrellSports.com, BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, it's everywhere, man. You know, just a- ask me. I'm happy to to guide the way wherever it is. Um, and also shout out to you, Blake, and shout out to, to Joe as well. You guys do such incredible, Thanks, incredible work. I love your show. Uh, I love your sponsors. I need to get drive-through crawfish and daiquiris like that. You know, yes. Seeing that ad before I came on, you know, my my family's from New Orleans. You know, my aunt and uncle are are two lane people. Okay. Um, and so, like that, that that just brings me so much joy when I when when I see that.
0: So, Dude, so listen, I, I concocted this because it's a big, you know, like it's a bigger place, and like when games are on, the entire place will be full okay so i deceived everybody i went to these restaurants and like this place okay daiquiris and crawfish so for our post game show they're all the tvs have our show on you know like for the post game i'm like (laughs) i love this you know but dude i appreciate that yeah it's so good you gotta come on down man on me i'll get you a whole gallon of daiquiris and some crawfish
1: I mean, I, I can't turn that down. I, I absolutely cannot turn that. y'all. I'll bring, I'll bring some beignets and we will have ourselves a grand old time.
0: Awesome, man. Good having you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Pleasure as always break. Thank you.
0: All right. That's Matt Perkins. Always fantastic. Well, look, the late Tigers are about to tip it off here. So we will, uh, we have some more things we got to talk about. We'll get to those tomorrow. But until then, y'all have a good night. Peace.